What's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done with your host, Coach Donald, the podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. On this episode upcoming, we have Mr. Maximilian Shepard, a Pittsburgh Thunderbird. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. Uh, In the AUDL is a professional ultimate Frisbee league uh, here in the U.S., and he plays for the Thunderbirds, which is a Pittsburgh-based team that I also do play for. Max was the um, AUDL All-Star Game MVP and was also a finalist for the AUDL MVP in 2019. And so I wanted to interview him about his training. And funny enough that the day I'm actually having this uploaded, we actually just put together a three-week on-ramp program to get him revved up for practice because AUDL was starting back up again. So we actually just got done putting together a running program to get him revved up for the season. But this is an interview about what he does on his own over the years. So um, enjoy and have fun. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this show. Uh, Share it with somebody that you care about, with a teammate, a friend. And, you know, uh, follow us on Instagram and check out the website www.ghperformance.com to learn more about what we do at Global Human Performance. On with the show. Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to Training Well Done, your show on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. And sitting here with me is Max Shepard. Uh, he is, you know, a all-star AUDL Ultimate Frisbee athlete. He's one of the best Ultimate Frisbee players in the nation right now. He was actually the all-star MVP at the AUDL all-star game back in 2019. What's going on, man? Not much. Just working from home and working out every single day, trying to get better. Yeah. You So do you work out like seven days a week? I do work out seven days a week. Yes, I do. It's nice. Since t- about 28, the fall of 2018, I started the seven-day-a-week program, and it's been super successful. Before that, it was like five, six days a week. And then before that, you know, back in high school, early ages of high school, it was like three days a week, kind of, just because I was like still playing ultimate at a really young age. And like my, my good friend in high school was like super into working out and lifting. So he would like take me, from, not take me from ultimate practice, but like some days I would just be like, I, I feel like, like, just like lifting today instead. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So since the fall of 2018, I've been seven days a week. How does it feel right now? You know, you're training really hard. But having not played Ultimate now, what's been like 11 months. Yeah, I actually last played a year ago from actually this weekend for World's Trouts, I believe, was back oh. in exactly a year ago. So I did play a year ago. This is really weird. Um, but no, actually, I actually really enjoy not playing Ultimate right now. I love really? working out. Yeah, I actually love the time off. I love working out all the time. Um, it's kind of just like a lifestyle. I don't know if it's an addiction. It might be an addiction at this point. Um <laughs> But no, I just love experience. I love growth. I love individual growth. I don't see it as like, sometimes I see it as like, okay, yeah, when I'm training for ultimate, I'm training for ultimate. And like when I'm training for myself, like I really find a lot of benefit like mentally and physically from that. Mostly mentally. It's like, a, it's like mental therapy for me, really. to just like, just let go in the gym, you know, or just let go in that run or whatever it is that I'm doing that day. Wow. What, when did you start realizing that like, you know, that working out for you piece can be separated a lot of people a lot of athletes especially at a high level don't do a good job of separating working out from training their their sport yeah i think that 
like you got to have that off season. I think the off season is very important to like take that time for yourself. And it's weird having such an off season here because of COVID. Um, but I think that there's time to train for ultimate. We can get more than that later, how I prepare for an ultimate season. Um, and then there's times in the off season where I'm just like, I just want to lift what I want. You know, I just want to lift what I want. If I want to do a certain exercise, I go ahead and do it. Like I plan out eight weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. And I go ahead and, you know, do it for my own benefit. But when I know the time comes and it's getting close to that time here, a couple months away to get prepared for ultimate. So like I said, I guess the answer to your question is, is just, you got to know yourself and you got to know how your body works. Like you definitely are aware of this, like do what your body's telling you, change it up. You got to overcome and adapt through every single workout every single day. So that's how I approach it. Okay. I've been missing playing ultimate, but I've been like filling this void with a lot of running (laughs) during that shutdown that we had last year. You know, I was sitting in her antsy, like I'm not a house person. Like I get like jittery in the house. I get a little anxiety from that. I just started running and running and running and running. Yep. And I, then I realized, oh, I should have been running like this because when I think about, you know, what's good 5K times, I was running really bad. And I was like, oh man, I needed to do this. But it's been like yeah. therapeutic. Like I'm out here in these 27 degree days just running. Now, it's mind nothing. you, I have teenagers to chase. So that makes my <laughs> life a little, makes it a little bit easier to go outside when I have to. Yeah, uh, I feel that. Yeah. Like recently on, uh, like just previously on running, um, like two programs ago, like probably about um, right before winter hit, I was doing like 6 a.m. morning runs before work because I work from home. So it's super easy for me to just like get up, drink water, not eat, and just go for like a quick mile, mile and a half. And um, yeah, I definitely feel that it's very therapeutic. It's just, well, you're chasing kids. I'm not. I'm just listening to music and enjoying the, the morning dew. So it's great. Yeah, when it's cold like this, that's my incentive. But when it's nice out, I'll just go out, do like seven miles, and it's just like so peaceful, especially if you're not like trying to push too crazy. It's like yeah. your thoughts just go wandering. Wherever, wherever. I agree. Do you find that happening like when you're like lifting weights in the gym and all that too? Yeah, it kind of get into like a not like a meditation phase, but like just like a rhythm. If you're just like, you know exactly what you're doing that day, like you're just in the zone and you're just, you're just grinding. You're just grinding that exercise out day in and day out. Um, but yeah, I do get in those modes where I'm just like, I'm just thinking about this thought and it's just like, it's such a flux. You're like, you're just in flux uh, mm-hmm. and you're just, you're in the zone. So it happens a lot. It happens a lot to me. And other times I'm just distracted, which is not a good thing. Not a good <laughs> thing at all. So with uh, going back to ultimate Frisbee, when did you start playing in like professionally? So I started playing professionally in 2015 for the first year the Thunderbirds and um it was very interesting I actually wanted to play previously but like teams were in like weird like no no regionally was willing to commit um in college at that time to go play for like uh the Columbus team or uh the New York Rochester Dragons or something like that I wasn't willing to commit that and I heard and like through the grapevine the ultimate community that Thunderbirds were coming they're coming to Pittsburgh and there's gonna be a team in Pittsburgh I was really, really nervous because I didn't think I was that good. I was a junior in college for the first year. I think it was. Yeah. Junior. Yeah, I think it was a junior. It's around then, 2015. That's so long ago. Six years ago. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so I heard around the grapevine uh, and I was a college player and I know college players have like a very tough time making those proteins because of the college season. Because if you go to nationals, if for people that don't know about college nationals, it's usually in May. And the UDL season starts in April. Usually it's supposed to be in like the first weekend of April. And um, 
doesn't coach at the time did not take a lot of college players because they're missing a third of the season at the time. Like now it's even shorter now, but like I said, you're missing three or four games in April uh, for your college team. So it's like, why take a college person when they can't commit to a season? So it's tough. It's very tough. Uh, but like I said, I started playing in 2015 and I was very fortunate to be talented enough and have a lot of athleticism at the time. Excuse me. And uh, was fortunate enough to make the team the first year. Nice. And you were at, you went to Edinburgh, right? I did go to Edinburgh four years. Yep. Okay. Nice. Nice. That's wild to make a pro team like that. You want to uh, tell the listeners a little bit about like what the AUDL is, what pro ultimate Frisbee kind of like yeah. has come in and is developing into. Yeah. So originally I guess some back history of there was actually two or MOU was first. They were a different mm. professional league and AUDL was another one. Uh, and they came later, I think a year after, I think a year or two after. And uh, there was two professional leagues head to head and the MOU fell and the AUDL rose up. Uh, and the AUDL, I think, has run very well uh, at that level. And the AUDL is obviously uh, different than club for most people know. Uh, it's a different field size. It's running a football field and 20 yard end zones, 80 yard field. I think it's 53 and a half as a football field. I'm not really sure. 53 and a quarter or something weird. Uh, but it's basically put on a football field. There are referees. Uh, it's like most of the professional sports, you know, there are penalties based off yard or yardage penalties when you make a mistake. Like, say, when you're marking someone, you hit someone, you make contact with them. It is a non-contact sport. But uh, And you get moved 10 yards back, 10 yards forward, based on what offense or defense. Uh, and it is pretty physical. I think it's more physical than what people say it is, especially mm. at a higher level. I mean, you, you've kind of experienced it sometimes. Like, it is definitely, like, obviously the refs can't see everything, you know? Like, they're human, too. Um, which is why I like the game so much more. Like, that's what makes it so, like, there is a level of, you know, I, I love the fact that it's, like, when you're playing in club, when you're making your own calls, like, you can make that call at any point in time. Like, there is that certain level, which I really like, of the gray area where you can get away with and what you can't get away with. Uh, but mm. the punishments are much more devastating. <laughs> so um, I definitely think it's a lot more physical at the high level than people think it is. Um, like I said, I've been hit extremely hard before, and it's just goes just goes by, and then you can be upset about it. But um, that's kind of what the AUDL is. It's really fun. I love playing in a big field. It is a lot of running, which I do enjoy. It's like a runner's high when you're playing ultimate for me. So, Dude, watching you run, it's like if you guys just imagine watching somebody doing like a, a 60-meter sprint, and it's like watching this kid. He just runs 60-meter sprints over and over and over and over and over and over. Like, yo, why are you, you just running so fast all the time? it's impressive to just witness and see like, man, this guy's motor is out of this world. Yeah. People have talked to me about that and how I train for that. And we can get more into that later if you'd like. Um, but it's just, it's just a weird feeling to just, you know, to just chase a Frisbee. It's like, not like I'm running for, you know, I'm just running to run in an event or something like that. Like I have a thrill, like there's a, there's a drive to actually like go get the disc and just huck it deep or like, throw a sweet hammer to space on the break side or just to throw a reset. Like it's just, it's just like an addiction and training for it is definitely unique. I think I definitely have a personal different swing on how I do it, um, mm -hmm. but it's definitely gritty and it's definitely very difficult. So before we get into the training piece at your level, describe like ultimate in regards to the athleticism required and the fitness required to play at a high level. And those two things, you know, are different, like what athleticism and those qualities of being an athlete, whether it's speed, uh, endurance, jumping ability versus like the fitness of, you know, being able to 
preserve yourself over long periods of time and being able to produce a lot of speed and, and a lot of endurance over the course of points or over the points of games and things like that. Yeah, I definitely think the fitness level needs definitely needs to be at you know the highest capacity you can think of. And athleticism, I think, is I think everyone has a certain like cap of athleticism. Like um, it could definitely be like uh, changed and developed. Certainly, you have these raw athletes that come into the sport and they can be tweaked and changed. But like I said, everyone has this, there is a certain amount of athleticism that person has, I think. Um, and like I said, raw athletes are super good when it comes to ultimate, uh, especially on defensive end. Like one thing you didn't mention was like laying out, like jumping is great, running is great. But like the key factor is like laying out, willing to sacrifice your body for your team for the mm -hmm. disc for all you know to get that break that your team needs uh so i definitely think at that level it just needs to be extremely high uh but like i said to to, to make a pro team i definitely think athleticism is super super good what do you think are the main athletic traits that can produce a, elite players laying out is like like i said probably laying out is like the game changer for that like defense literally wins championships if you're willing to sacrifice your body you're gonna you're gonna make the team and i think that obviously jumping is a huge part uh and i think definitely being taller i definitely think that like obviously you can't you can't change that uh but like just being a taller player in the u deal with a big field it definitely is way harder to cover someone or to guard someone that's taller because there's just so much more space like even if they have a step on you and they're taller and and the frisbee is thrown the correct direction and shape they can just like the play is so much easier to make. Um, mm. So I definitely would say just probably laying out and just raw sprinting is very good. Okay. The top, top tier, elite tier. Okay. So being able to lay out and being able to just be really fast. Yeah. And it helps to be much taller than two of us. Though, which, you know, it's yeah. funny you say that because you're not a tall guy. <laughs> I know. I'm exactly 5'8". Exactly 5'8". Mm. So fitness wise, what would you say it like more like metrics, like numbers wise, you're an ex cross country guy. So you understand times. What would you say are some baseline kind of endurance metrics that you think mm. that most top players would have to be able to even last on the field? I don't know much cross country time. I like I said, I got recruited for track and well, high I, didn't, I didn't mean necessarily cross country in of itself, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just but like, you think like how fast could you do a mile? Okay, how fast could you do yeah. a five k? Would you say that there? Are, would you even say that there are certain metrics that like you got to be at least be able to hit this kind of number to even hang? I definitely think that metric is. Hmm. That's a tough metric because ultimate's so unique that like you need to be able to hold. Like, I think it need to be like, you need to be able to hold a line of jogging and yet explosiveness at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. yeah, you've you played ultimate and it's like, you got to be able to like hold this line of like, it's good to have tons of endurance. So I say like definitely having a good two, two mile or five mile time is definitely really, really good. Like if you can get that two mile around like 13 minutes, 12 minutes, like that's, that's fantastic. And then be able to do sprints after that. Like I can't mm -hmm. imagine, um, like it's easier to it's it's also a different mindset because like i said when i'm playing ultimate i feel like i just run forever but like if i was trying to run you know I, I, it's just a different motivation kind of if you know what i'm mm. saying like i could i feel like i can run a ton more when i play ultimate but like if i'm trying to beat someone in a race like on a timed event it'd be a little different uh, i have to change my mindset for that um mm. but i definitely think there's this a unique aspect of like being able to have so much endurance 
to just never stop running, but to also be extremely explosive and to have a strategy to take rest periods when you're not cutting and other people are cutting. So it's like a fine line of systematic of how your body will adjust during a game. And obviously like the first game of the season, like your body is just shocked. It's just like, it's petrified. It doesn't know what to do with itself. Your leg, like your legs are like feeling wobbly and you hit that second wind. Uh, and that usually happens to me the first game. That usually what happens to me. Even no matter what training I go through, no matter how hard I push myself, even even the beginning of last year, no matter how many suicides I ran, how many miles I ran, there's just that adrenaline that just kicks in in a game and you hit that second win, like the second quarter, and it's just a blur from there. So I would say to answer your question, having a great two-mile time or like a long-distance time is really good, but being able to like do pacers and being able to like jog at a good pace, be moving at all times, and just having explosive sprints. And then catching it and then being able to calm yourself when you have the disc to make a good throw. That's, gotcha. the, key part. That's the key part. You got to be calm. You got to be calm. And I think that part of being calm, I found, is the higher that fitness level is, the higher it's e- easier to be calm because your heart rate can stay down when you're under that stress, under the physical stress. Exactly. When I look at like training, I looked at like watching you, watching, you know, guys like Anson, watching, you know, guys like Tom and, and these other different athletes on the team. I'm like, Oh, so I'm a track guy, like by, by background. So I only yeah. think in times. So I was like, hmm. And then like, I work with Jasper. And so we look at like a lot of his times. And I'm like, wow, this is somebody that can run like in a low 11, 100 meter sprint, can run a five minute 5K and can still bust out like a, I mean, sorry, five minute mile, like a 17, 18 yeah. minute 5K. And I was like, I feel like all these guys could probably run a sub 20 minute 5K. They could probably run a sub six minute mile, probably five. And yeah. they could still run the sub 12 second, hundred meter sprint. I was like, wow. Like, it's just, I don't know. That's something I've been like kind of eyeing, but that's my, that's my, like, my lens for looking yeah. at those kind of. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was running, I don't even know what my hundred meter would be, but when I was doing mile repeaters uh, up my high school, I would just go all out in the first one. And I was around <laughs> like the five, five, 15, five, 10 ish mile mm-hmm. and then like i ran like a i ran an incredible mile time in high school i wonder why they wanted to recruit me um but like i said then i would try and do some sprints afterwards uh to gain up that endurance but like i said yeah i think that's a good gauge for that is what your lens is that's probably about right i would say and like i said everyone's different some people are better natural sprinters some better people natural uh distance runners so yeah so let's talk about you in your training so you know, it's a, let's say it's a general like off season and you said you've tried different things over time. So Mm -hmm. take us through what, you know, what you did preparing for the last season and, and, you know, talk about what, what do you do to prepare in the off season? What is your training? Like you train seven days a week and you've been doing that for quite a few years now. So love to hear, like kind of break that down for us. Yeah. So I always, you know, you always got to be able to adapt and change it. Like change how you work out and how you lift so like I said usually about eight to 12 weeks I always change something up I always like just change the program no matter what it is always change it up um before I guess we could talk about off season first I will talk about we'll talk about before season so preparation for a season um it is usually three or four days of running with lifting between and obviously you have to stretch like I stretch every single morning and every single night that is a I think it's a 100% must um because that'll really affect your throwing as well you got to be able to pivot you know um that's a huge part of it you can't be tired uh when you're throwing so being in top top shape is good um a little more detail with that I always do like a um 
kind of like a uh, it's not a pacer it's a um i can't think of the word of it um like a beep test type of thing yeah yeah it's like a um a tempo run oh you just do this over the tempo run tempo runs okay. are really good and i usually do like 120 yards tempo runs uh probably like 70 percent. that's like one of the days and then usually a sprint workout one of the days and then i would go probably depending on how i feel because i have to do a leg day so like we're also lifting every other day off of that so it's like i kind of have to balance between the runs and the lifts because the upper body stuff is the upper body stuff that doesn't affect my running very much um but the the two days a week leg days that go along kind of with the running is where it gets tough so i kind of like move the tempo workout wherever i feel I'm the most sore. You see what I'm saying? Ah, so, okay. Like whenever, if I'm doing sprints and I'm supposed to have a leg day after, I train legs differently if I was more sore or less sore. Okay. So it really all depends on the day. Uh, like I said, you got to listen to your body, especially because then you start getting hurt, full muscles, stuff like that. So during a season, preparation for a season, probably about, I like having more than 12 weeks. Uh, and I do throw like hill sprints in there. Hill sprints are my favorite. There's like a back road here on my neighborhood. It's like the perfect angle. It's like 50 yards. So it's, it's perfect. No matter what weather it is, it's always plowed. It's always cleared. I always run up it. Um, that's how I was preparing for Worlds last year. Is it that I lived on that hill like twice a week. And stair runs like 50 really? minutes yeah I, I would rotate also in stair runs up my, i live super close to a high school so like i have a track i have stairs i have more hills um that i work with uh but like i said i always increase it about about two or three minutes every time just to get it up to it so every, maybe i would stagger those every other week uh in the 10 to 12 week preparation and then there's these things called gassers that we used to do and um i incorporate those too and um I would usually probably do, so a gasser to explain this is another sprinting workout. Um, obviously you would warm up and a gasser is just four suicides basically on a football field. That's all it is. But you really got to pace yourself. You can't just like go all out on the first two and you're like, oh, I still got to do two more. You really got to keep like a 90, I was like a 90% sprint. And then the last one you can go all out on. That's how I, that's how I usually do them. Um, but yeah, like to, I would do like eight or 10 of those or a sprint workout and I would just be dead um and I do track workouts as well I do run like 100 meter 200 meter sprints so like I said I, there's so many different variations of sprinting that I do and long distance running that I do in stair workouts and I like it I like it a yeah. lot so so when you're phasing that out so you have your 12 week phase just before the season you might have what like a 12 to 18 week phase kind of before that that will be truly off season versus like that kind yeah. of pre-season phase what would you say um, kind of are the, the overlying changes of focus from that off season to that preseason training? Yeah. You know, you know so much more about this than I probably do. I'm just, you know, basically going off. Oh, my this is about what, what I know. This is about I what know, you do. I know. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is um, during the off season, I obviously go for strength. I just focus primarily on gaining strength. I use a lot of heavy weights i don't go for a lot of a lot a lot of reps like i do during the season and a little bit i go for more hypertrophy eight to ten reps when i'm in that preseason mode i'm really adjusting the, to the running that first two weeks of adjusting from going from heavy lifting of like barbell squats deadlifts that kind of thing trap bar like going into that running like my body adjusting feels it's gonna feel it feels horrible absolutely horrible <laughs> 
And the worst part is probably the legs. Like upper body adjusts very well, uh, but the legs, it just, it just shocks them. I don't know what it is. Uh, but to answer your question in that off season time, I do mainly focus on like, especially these past two years. And I, I've gone to like it more, but like training legs, it's been such a big difference and it's been game changing for me, uh, especially the past two years. Um, Cause in previous cycles, I would train legs, but I wouldn't do heavy. I wouldn't do as heavy squats. And ever since I incorporated that about two years ago, it was, it's, it's changed. It's changed a lot, but to answer the question, um, heavy, heavy training in the off season. And then that, that transition into the preseason is the toughest and then one thing that we haven't touched on is in train in in season training, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's definitely it, it definitely changes probably every three or four weeks, I would say, depending on game schedule, if we're flying that day or we're traveling. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like I I basically just replace the practices and the running with whatever I was doing in the preseason. So I would just basically just adjust it. So if I like a, if I, I did my run days like on a, uh, Wednesday, I would just schedule because we usually have practice on Wednesdays. That's why yeah. it makes it easy. So I would just be like, okay, that's a run day, and Saturday's a run day, and then Friday is usually just like a depending if we're traveling or not. I would do upper body on Fridays before games because I didn't really care, um, and that was like my thing that got me in the mood is like doing a nice upper body workout before a Saturday game. Home game was like the best ever. I love it. Um, but to answer the question about in season training, is it's um, I just replace those running games with game days and practice days. And I still live throughout the week. Hypertrophy, usually just maintaining strength. I think that um, mentally having that day where it's like, all right, it's the day before the game. We'll just go fucking do a bunch of yep. bench press and a bunch <laughs> of curls. Like that's such a good way to mentally prime yourself to go it compete. Is. Like that's actually sounds really dope. You mentioned um, this transition when you go from like your heavy strength work to like doing more higher rep stuff in the season. And when we think about, um, you know, how long the practices are, you know, how long the games are, that's actually a really good idea. And, you know, you're doing all your strength or you're building this very strong base throughout those, you know, 12 to 18 weeks of the off season, you're still maintaining some of that heaviness through the preseason. But by the time you get in season, it's a lot more, lighter weight, um, higher reps. And so one thing for you guys listening, um, and you know, what happens with that, you're building up all this fatigue from the actual practices in the games. And you're also like undergoing a very intense weeks. And so you don't want to go and do intense strength training when you have these intense practices and this intense game all the time, it's okay to have it incorporated, but a lot of that lifting does become about your tissue, your tendons, your muscles, being able to handle all the running, all the jumping, all the cutting ultimate is a unique sport in that at the, at the AUDL level, you are easily covering several miles worth of sprints and you are jumping just as much as you would in a basketball game sometimes, uh, especially if you're like a, a cutter or you're a cutting defender and you're always jumping, there's a lot of wear and tear on those knees, ankles, and hips. And so being able to do these um, more maintenance style lifts can really help us keeping that body together. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. That's why like that transition period is so tough. Like I said, that first two weeks, your body is just like, it's try, it's just, it knows it's happening. And you're just like, you're not like freaking out, but your muscles are just freaking out. 
obviously I could get like muscle spasms and muscle switches happens in my legs and calves when I go through that transition period. Cause it's just like, Oh, mm. it's so used to just like, Oh, doing heavy, heavy exercises, heavy, heavy um, split squats and stuff like that. So like I said, that's probably the worst transition period. How hard is that transition? Like when, when I ask you that, how much running are you doing in that off season, 12 to 18 weeks versus when you hit the preseason, like how big of a switch is that? Uh, for me, it's a pretty big switch. I actually, I can't, I've done in like 2017, I tried, um, 2016, 2017, I tried the all year round running thing. Like I said, I've just learned from my experiences and I would rather go through like that shock period than have full wear and tear in my body from running. Cause I just get burned out. I get more burned out. Like I said, I get so much more burned out from like training for running than I do lifting. I can lift all, I always lift all year round, no matter what. I don't know what it is. I just, something that I can just do. Is it like a mental thing? Like you don't mentally like running all year round. And so by the time you get to like preseason, it's like, uh, I don't want to do all this running. This is very annoying. Yeah. I need more of like a purpose. I think it's definitely mentally definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, that's why like I can, I can get in the mood more when it's closer to the season. And then like right after the season, usually like after club, the club season ends, uh, because the club season continues on after the ADL season goes uh, for you people that don't know about it. And um, like I said, as soon as that club season ends, I like to I like taper off probably like a week or two of just like slower runs and going to that because it's super easy to go from that like high rep, lots of running into the heavy lifting. Like that's the easiest mm-hmm. transition. It can flip it on at any time. It doesn't. Oh, uh, okay. So that is, that's why like, I love that transition. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to do hill sprints anymore. I can just go do legs, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that's what's sweet about it. But like I said, I would rather, to answer your question, yeah, I would rather have, I, I guess it's a mental thing for me. But like I said, I need more of a purpose closer, when it gets closer to the season to get into that running shape. But I would um, rather have that two-week, three-week shock period for my legs okay. for my body to address for it. That's You're not a I've runner at heart. You're not a runner at No, heart. only for Frisbee. <laughs> only for only Frisbee. For fris- That's why you it. played Frisbee in college and not – you didn't go do the track scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran – my freshman year, I ran a very good mile time, and I was like, I can't. I got to play freshman – my freshman year high school, just to, just to get things straight mm-hmm. here. Um, and they wanted me to run for the mile track, and I was like – I love ultimate way too much. I quit everything for this. Like I understand I'm playing all, cause I was like, I did like a track, like, um, uh, try, I guess it was a trial. That's not what they call. I don't know. What, what do they call, uh, a, like a new trial for a track team? What do they call we don't really trial? have trials for high school track. We just kind of show up and like, we that's just kind of do like a look, we do like, it's like a mini meet to kind of see what people are capable yeah, of. That's like, what all right, let's test. It's like a testing day. Like, let's see what, who's on the team. Like, what are they capable of? Yeah. Cause they didn't really call it a trial. Cause I was like, all right, it's this, these people just want me to show up and just run for them. All right. I guess I'll just do that. And I ran a really good mile time in high school. And I just was like also playing Frisbee and I was like, I really love Frisbee a lot. And like, I had a decision to like quit basketball, quit baseball, quit soccer, literally like quit everything. People were trying to recruit me in their high school sport, even volleyball. They tried. I was like, I can't, I just have a gut feeling about this. I'm going to stick with Frisbee. So yeah, I am. And you're a really athletic dude. Like, you know, for you guys listening, this is a guy who would be starting on a high school team for pretty much any of those sports that he mentioned um this he's five eight but he, he can out jump people who are like six four and if you don't believe me you can go watch his highlight tapes like he's legitimately out jump people who are in the sixes uh yeah so that that transition was i just dedicated my time to it and jumping is definitely uh super explosive and like i said 
squats is where it's at. So when you're training for that, like, do you practice working on your jumps? Is that something that's in a regimented style of your training or is it just like something you kind of just, yo, I just got it. So weirdly enough, I, I don't know how this transition into training, but like along with training and stuff like that, I actually just like play basketball a ton during this, like, especially this past like a year, year and a half. Like even during the season, if my friends just want to go and play tennis or just play a pickup game of basketball, like I still have those fast twitch muscle fibers, just, you know, go out and jump. But like I say, it's more repetition. I think that I definitely incorporated in my training, but cross training is very important. I think uh, you, I think you definitely appreciate the main sport. Uh, you, pres- you appreciate the main sport more when you actually play different sports. Uh, I've noticed the past like a year, year and a half, two years, um, uh, and it really, it really shocks you how much you grow as a person and your body develops when you go and play other sports like basketball or, you know, tennis or soccer. It's, it's great. It's really good development for your body as well. And it throws you off and it shocks the muscles. I know you're about to say something, but like you got, you got to keep your brain and your body keep guessing and it'll, it'll just keep adapting. So it's great about the human body. Yeah. You always got to be pushing for that adaptation. Know what adaptation you want. Put yourself in an environment for that. I really want to start playing tennis. I almost was able to start playing. I actually played like, what's it? Not pickleball. Whatever that other game is that's up there. The there's like little mini tennis game. No, the that's other one, the small one. That's pickleball. pickleball? Yeah. Okay. So playing that, but I wouldn't actually play tennis because like I want to be able to kind of have a more gamified way of working on that lateral speed and explosion. That is key. That is the reason why I love playing tennis because like, yeah, there is somewhat straight line sprinting only for like lob shots and like drop shots. But most of the time it's just like, you have to go from left foot to right foot. Like you're just planting off the foot and you're just using that explosive muscle, like that explosive muscle um, tissue fiber that you have. And just going left foot to right foot and you're just hitting balls back and forth. So yeah, I definitely think tennis is a great cross training for Frisbee because you're doing all those ladder movements the same way in Frisbee. So it's, great, oh, yeah. it's a great training process. When I found out you guys from Temper were doing that, I was like, that's really smart. Cause like, I've been thinking about playing tennis. Cause like, man, I watch like Naomi Osaka or Serena Williams. And these, you know, I'll watch highlights. I don't really watch full tennis games for real, for real. But like, I'll yeah. watch, you know, parts of them. And I'm like, wow, look how explosive they are side to side. And I'm thinking about playing ultimate, like, yeah, you know, that whole aspect of making cuts, especially coming out of handler sets, end zone cuts, like that explosiveness, being able to move side to side. You can be fast, but not be able to be explosive moving side to side. And people who can move side to side can often beat people who are taller than them, who are faster than them, just because you're able to get these open spaces much faster. And at a high level, people can make those throws to put the disc over there. I agree. I definitely agree with that. I wouldn't agree with the tennis motion of throwing with a Frisbee. That is not. Oh, yeah. Not that part. It's way different. The running part. The running part. The running part. The running part in in focusing on like getting your feet in the correct position is obviously a little different than frisbee and tennis, but like getting into the correct positions are going to help you like bring the muscle memory of footwork into your, into your frisbee game. So like I said, cross training is one thing that I just do just, just being part of an athlete and loving sports. So I definitely think cross training helps a ton. Thinking about like college long and triple jumpers, a lot of them play basketball and there was actually some coaches whose podcasts I listened to and, and, you know, taking in a lot of information about training for jump training and being able to gamify it 
makes athletes often, you know, appreciate a lot more and do a lot better. There was a number of stories I've listened to about triple jumpers who played basketball in high school. They would just go practice dunking and just have fun. And so they had great triple jump careers in high school. Then they go to college and get stagnant because their coaches are like, you can't go play basketball. What if you get hurt? And then they kind of get stagnant because they're only practicing triple jump. And there is this, you know, competitive and fun part that basketball provides that allows people to really work on their ability to, to jump. Even if you're not playing in an active game, you guys are hanging around practicing, trying to see how high you can get the ball up, who can get the backboard. Like yeah. those are all reps, like all that in basketball is a reps, 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 reps. I agree. I definitely think that cross training is a huge part in Frisbee because there's so many different aspects of so many different sports within Frisbee. So cross training is involved in my training. Just nice. Nice. <laughs> when i need it there just when i have some fun yeah just like when one day it's just like oh i have a run planned like i like i i know i'm playing tennis that night and i'm just like all right i will i'm gonna lay i'm gonna do less reps of this i'm gonna do less hill sprints i'm gonna do a couple more less hill sprints because i know i have to play tennis tonight you know like that kind of thing so you gotta throttle yourself and it's just like yeah it's also you know you have to have fun and if you don't have fun and you're not looking forward to something you don't have goals you're not having fun. You're just gonna. You're just gonna. You're just gonna phase out, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, you know, I, I'll get back to it later." And you uh-huh. always keep saying, that. "You're like, oh no," and you just get in that rhythm. Like you can't be in that rhythm. You gotta have fun sometimes. That's all. Seriously, you gotta have fun. Now, when you put like those metrics up, do you every time you're like off season, preseason, in season, do you have certain things that you are striving to do? Whether it's even if it's bench press mid season, like, all right, we got the game against Madison coming up. I want to be able to bench this for that game. <laughs> like, do you do stuff like that? No, I would say like I only focus on like lifting goals during the off season, but okay. like preseason and in season is more of just like I need to maintain. I like I've done so many years in a row now that like I know exactly like where I my body needs to be and my brain needs to be to be ready for a season, and like it just kicks in. And then once I get once I get going during the season starts, it's just like it's just systematic. It just becomes a system in my brain. Um, mm. But no, I would say like the whole metric system and like hitting goals and actual lifts definitely comes in that off season lifting. Okay. The main three categories, deadlift, bench, and squat is I love doing. So yes, yes. To answer your question. I love doing it in the (laughs) off season. So uh, last few questions here. What are your favorite like lifts? Well, you know, sets, reps, style, whatever favorite lifts that you like to do in the off season. What are the favorite lifts you like to do in preseason? What are those favorite Mm -hmm. lifts you like to do in season? I definitely think, Man, I love those sprints. We'll start with we'll start with in season. So in season um, is usually like uh, obviously a little bit of running here and there, but like my favorite lifts are usually it's been more or less like I don't want to say leg days. That's close. It's really it's a tough decision. You put me on the spot. You here. really don't sound like leg day uh, and favorite go in the same sentence with you. I know, but like, <laughs> it's just like it's just so it's like to kind of go off a little tangent here. It's just like it's so like you know it's going to be painful every time you go into it and you're just like you just have to do it and then once it's done you're like it's so much good it's so satisfying um there's that aspect but like mostly just like man i want to say squats for in season uh, just like doing a light set of squats is just super satisfying um because you know like you can i mean like you're a little sore you get the blood moving more and it's just like it feels great um so I, we'll go with that. I'll, I'll go with that. It's usually back day. I usually like a lot back or chest day. I usually like a lot, but like, I got to save that for off season. Like off season is definitely like, 
uh, deadlifting day or trap bar day and bench day is my favorite. Like I dedicate a whole day to like push pull, like the split on now, we can even talk about what I'm doing right now. Um, but I think Let's off season is definitely, um, is, is usually push pull like bench back day. Uh, and then preseason it's gotta be hill sprints. There's like, it's the same, yeah. it's the same factor. It's like the toughest thing or like getting through like a 55 minute, like stair workout is just like, even if it's like last January and I was prepping for it, it was like five degrees and I'm out here in the snow, just doing stair sprints at like six in the morning before work. I was like five 30 in the morning because I have to go. I actually, I used to work at the, so I'd work out at the high school in the morning and I used to work at the under contract at the YMCA. So like I would go run a workout at like five in the morning, five 30 in the morning. And I would just go to work and play with kids. And then like, I was feeling it that day I would do like a two a day because I had a gap in my break of schedule so I'd actually go lift after I go work and I would go back to work so it was crazy it was a crazy time in my life um uh but yeah I would say uh during this like preparation for season preseason would definitely be hill sprints okay and what's your favorite workouts in the off season uh those those push pull back days those those bench and bench and back days are probably the best okay so Right now, there's no season in front of us, unfortunately. What are you doing now? So you work out seven days a week still. Yeah, I do. It's still it's still maintaining. So right now, I focused a lot on personal growth and like trying to become, like I said, I mean, it's technically off season. I they haven't announced the season yet, so it's just like it's pure just off season, still strength lifting, which I oh man, I've been doing it for a while now a really long time. So I'm, I'm be interesting to see. I feel like the transition period is going to be really hard for this one once I have to start running. Um, but right now I'm doing a push pull, push pull double legs and, um, um, and an arm day in between. And if I need to, I like, if I have to, I will like, go like I said before, in the, like I was doing this a couple weeks ago, it got super nice weather. So I was like, instead of leg day, I'm just going to go play tennis for two hours. I'm going to play five sets of tennis or play back, pick up basketball with my friends or whatever so and there's only two or three of us it's not a very big pickup basketball game for all you people that are worried about um me like getting COVID or anything like that I've been very safe with it um so that's been very good so adjusting into that it's been a lot of just strength strength power lifting and so the splits usually a bunch of push pull days um push pull rotation with legs a couple days after like I said uh between squats and doing so one day is usually heavy squats a heavy squat day and then um mixing in some other stuff in there as well and then I would do like a light lighter squat day like lots and lots like a 10 set 10 rep kind of squat thing so it's like Mm. really light keep it keep the blood mowing uh the blood going and focusing on being explosive during those light sets because it's like towards the end of it it's it's extremely painful um, yeah. and trying to increase the weight. If I, like I said, all depends on the day. Um, and it, I'm usually a little sore a couple of days, like, especially the heavy day, uh, the low rep day, uh, low rep heavyweight day is usually the most sore I am afterwards. Cause you got to go up every single week until you reach a goal. Ah, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what you got to do. Uh, and then, like I said, back day, chest day, always got to ba- have the right balance between, you know, pushing and pulling. Um, so that's what I've been doing right now. And it's been working out great. Nice. Now, how do you moderate the intensity and volume to, as far as getting enough rest? Like, how do you get enough rest for recovery? <sighs> yeah. So I usually try and take 
right now in the off season, I usually take a long, obviously I take longer rests. Like if I'm doing really heavy squats or bench or even deadlifts, I make sure I take that four to five minute rest break before my next set to, you know, recover, recoup, because that's why that transition period is so difficult between seasons because your, your body's just adjusting to everything. Uh, but no, I do take a lot longer rest times before sets. When you do your seven day cycle, is it like seven days on and then you have a day off? So like the seven days kind of change days. Like, do you have off days? No, I do not have off days. It's the same rotation. Uh, I just change up the exercises. Um, and like, like today was shoulders. So it's like Sundays, mm. usually shoulders, abs, and not too much legs, but like I do more back extensions on Sundays with, with, with this program I've been doing, because I feel like my lower back is so much weaker than everything else right now. So mm. I've been not hyper-focusing on my, the lower back portion of my body, but I feel like, you know, you have to, you have to break through the threshold of pushing yourself. So lately I've been focusing a lot of lower back exercises and strengthening the core. Now, did you make this program yourself or did you find this? So I've just like through the, the interwebs and YouTube and stuff like that, just years and years of research. And in college, I did tons of research on it. Um, I think two and a half years ago, I actually just like read, and we've had this conversation before. I read like the strength and conditioning book just because like I was mm-hmm. going to take the test and I was like something I really wanted to get into because I love fitness. Um, and I actually just ended up using it as a tool to help myself just become a better athlete and there you go become a better person to work out so i kind of use that as a tool and like i read the book like two or three times like i would just between my shifts i would just go to the library and just read a chapter or two um so i did it for personal gain as well um but just always staying knowledgeable always keeping up on the research of studies um in the in the internet is a great place for that i cannot I cannot express it more and even contacting yourself is a great, like talking to people about it is good and listening to other people's opinions is really good, especially because if you've been doing the same thing over and over again, you need to change. Like mm-hmm. I'm a very big proponent of you have to change your program. You have to change what you're doing. You have to keep your body, um, keep your body guessing. And that's, what's going to make you improve. Okay. Nice. Nice. So that's, that's impressive that you have that motor. You mentioned this mental piece, right? about you know getting that part what are you doing to do that yeah so mentally preparing is like we kind of talked just before pre-show about like just staying like in the zone when you're in the zone and you can feel burnout but like there's this point that you're gonna reach that like I, i don't know i don't know what really to call it it's like you reach this point of it becoming such a routine and such a habit and such a like motivator well you got really bright <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it becomes such like a, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to call it. It's not even a grind. It's like a, it's just such a lifestyle and such an adaptation to your life that I wish there was a word for it. Um, I mean, it just you're gonna, becomes you're like gonna, a part of you. Yeah, it literally becomes a part of you. And you're going to reach this breaking point, an absolute breaking point where you're just going to be like, I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm just done. And you force yourself to keep doing it and just stay with the program. Like you feel burnout, but you don't like you don't actually feel it like you feel like your brain's mentally tired and that's when you have to change things up in your mind like you have to start using different motivators and different ways of thinking to trick your brain into keep doing something like I felt it um about eight weeks ago I was doing this uh I was doing the I was doing the distance running thing we kind of talked more about in that pre-show I was doing morning runs about a mile mile and a half in the morning and I was lifting as well 
I didn't really like that program. I didn't like it, but I love the distance running because like we didn't have a season last year. I didn't do like much running last year um, because of the season, not having the season and whatnot. So I was mainly focusing on strength and having fun and a strength training. But that does that like eight weeks of doing those morning runs was a good changeup and a good adaptation. And it got me in a better mindset to start this program. So it's like, even though you may feel burned out, like you may think you're burned out, but you seem to change up what's going on in your mind and how you motivate and how you process things really. That's what I think is important. Like, I don't really know what to call it. Cause it's like, it's just become such a part of you that like, you also like, this is guilt factor. It's like, hmm. you know, if you don't do it, you're going to feel like I should, you could have just done it. You could have just sucked it up and done it. You know, it's like, you just got to procrastinate on procrastinating is how i call it procrastinate on procrastinating <laughs> Ooh, write that down listeners procrastinate <laughs> on, on procrastinating like just like it's it's simple to me but for other people it's really not you just gotta i don't want to say it's a force of habit like that's that's not like a good way to put it but like the best way i could describe is how i described it just like just push through it change your mind like change your mind like some days just try and go to the gym and just don't put any music in don't even bring your phone in just leave your phone at the house, leave your music at the house and just use your mind. Like everything that you have and your, your ability to use is all up here for your motivation. It's really what it is. Nice. Are there any particular books that you're reading or resources that you're actively reading to work on your training and to work on your mental? I'm not working on much of the training aspect. I have a good grasp of like uh, all the exercises I need to do. And I love, like I said, I love changing things up. In terms of the mental aspect, I actually am rereading some of my college books that I have because uh, I took a leadership class in college uh, and a bunch of communication classes and uh, psych classes that I took. And I still have those books I'm reading right now. I, start, I read about like a chapter here and there just to stay touched up on things. Uh, but like I said, I definitely think reading is therapeutic. I can't pronounce that. Um, therapeutic as well uh so i definitely think that's a good thing to keep doing and keeping on your toes with that and just freshening up on things as well like i still go back through and like i have that strength and conditioning book i don't know what or what volume it is but i read that from time to time just to stay on my toes and it's good to read i think as well so okay so for somebody who you know is showing a lot of promise playing ultimate you know they're coming up in the ranks whether it's high school or college they're just getting into club um, and they want to be able to reach this elite level of play and they have the potential to do so, what would you offer to them as far as, you know, what they need to be doing to keep growing as a player and as an athlete to be able to reach this pinnacle that you've been able to reach over these recent years? I think the best way to do it is trial and error. I really think how I learned through those, especially the college years and the super windy tournaments and the super windy reps and all the running that I went through in college and, trial and error as a captain coach it really changes you so like my best advice is just like I know it's hard because of code right now and like if anyone wants to message me about ultimate please do it I just did an AMA on my Instagram like just message me I will answer you I will answer all your questions and try and help you as best that I can but I think the best answer for that is to just get out there and just throw just throw try and get the best reps that you can even if you're in a small bubble right now two or three fans just go out and like just play elimination, just go out and just mark each other and just throw. Um, even going out and just practicing, trying to throw flat 50 yard throws is a great way to do it. Like you got to change things up. So it's adapting is, is excellent. So I definitely think trial and error is a big thing. And obviously COVID is a thing right now and the pandemic's real. 
So I think that you just need to do what you can right now to get those other reps in. Nice, nice. So thank you, um, you know, for this. I uh, hope you guys got some good stuff about just what it goes into training and when you're, when you're at this, you know, elite level of playing, being able to work on taking care of your body, having a plan. You could actually, in hearing you talk about this and seeing that trial and error that you just mentioned over just even the five years you've been in the AUDL, uh, getting used to that season and how it goes and adjusting your training so that it fits the season. Uh, you, you know, you have certain days that you run on Wednesdays and then when practice starts, well, you don't run on Wednesdays anymore. There's less decisions you have to make. And so for you guys to be able to hear about how he actually creates simplicity in that training and that simplicity that you create actually allows you to do more complex things when it comes to making these adaptations and, and changes to your training to keep your body improving because there's a, there's a system rooted in there. And so, you know, think about, you know, l- listen to that hear what he has to say. Um, thank you for that. This was a lot of fun. And it was good to, you know, hear more about what it is that you do and realizing what yeah. it is that myself should be doing more of <laughs> uh, to be able to, you know, get higher in the ranks. But um, any last words for everybody? Yeah, we didn't even like touch on diet or anything like that at oh, all. Oh yeah, we didn't. <laughs> I know, we didn't touch on like diet at all. I eat a ton of calories a day. Uh, a, ton, yeah. a ton of calories all four food all the all the main food groups you definitely need uh as some last fishing touches you need all your food groups you need to eat lots if you're running a ton you know this you got and you were trying to put on weight still you got to eat a ton of food you got to maintain those carbs especially carb yeah honestly you guys got to be very religious about it and try and keep track of everything but like when you do it for long enough you know exactly what you need on a day-to-day basis so um and in terms of the ultimate people listening, uh, just keep practicing your throws over and over and over and over until it just becomes literally second nature, like like writing a pencil type of thing, where it's just like it's on the snap. It's just like you know exactly how to throw an inside-out throw at the correct time, or how to throw an around, or how to throw a hammer to that spot every single time. Like it's just it's just rep after rep. And we talked about earlier about staying calm. You always got to know when to say, like, I understand about the trial and error. Like, kind of what I was trying to get into about the trial and error is, like, you're going to get in those moments where you feel the pressure and you have to be, you, you have to put your brain in those training scenarios where you're, like, you have to put your mind where the game is. And that's how you become a better player. You know, like, you got to think that you're playing in a championship. You have to put your mind, mental state in the championship mindset. And then, then you're going to execute better on the field. So, we kind of didn't get in a die much, but that's okay. That's not very, very much. And it's important. Like I said, you can't, you can't, you can't outwork a bad diet. Bad, no. It's more of a lifestyle change, really. But how um, many calories yeah. do you say you eat a day? Around four thousand. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, for as much as you work out, that's not surprising. I, I can't. I still can't gain weight, which we've talked. I believe we've talked about in the past, but I still can't gain weight. Sheesh. Yeah. I've maintained the same weight for like seven, six, seven years now. I actually lost so. weight. <laughs> well, you're doing lots of distance I'm, running, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I've been getting my lifts in, but not nearly as much. Um, but yeah, so maybe we'll have to do another part two, kind of get into like the eating part. <laughs> yeah, kind of get into that. Maybe. We're uh, running out of the time for this one, but no thank you for this. Um, listeners, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this. Max, what's your Instagram? How can they follow you and can catch up with you? Oh man, I have to spell this one. You have to spell my full name. It's uh, I'm actually considering changing it, but it's Maximilian Shepherd, no space. That's M A X I M I L I A N Shepherd, no space. 
Shep's pretty active on Instagram, so he does his AMAs. Make sure you get on there, ask him questions. You, if you heard this podcast, you're like, oh, let me go follow Shep. Make sure you go follow him. His Instagram will be tagged in the description below. So you can just click on it, pull it up, um, you know, go in the story, ask him some questions. He's training every day, so you'll get to see that. Um, make sure you check out uh, the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this. Share this episode with another ultimate teammate that you have who is, you know, driven, ambitious, or who needs that little prod right now. Like, come on, you know, get yourself yep. up. This is this is the guy right here, and he's still training seven days a week. So make sure that you are sharing that. And if any of you are players who are interested in being able to do some training or having some conversations about your training, you can always reach out to us. Um, you can find me at coach underscore Donald on Instagram. Uh, make sure you, you know, drop a DM like, hey, I heard the show. I want to talk about training. We can sit down, look at your training, get a performance report together. And so that we can help you get focused on what you're doing. Um, and if you want to learn more about just what we do with uh, Global Human Performance, my business, you can find us at www.ghperformance.com. All that stuff's in the info below. So thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time on the show with some more information. Peace.